please join me in our unison prayer of confession. O oh God, giver of mercy, in Christ's name, hear us as we confess our sin. When we should listen, we hesitate when we should act. Anger prevents us from working your righteousness. Selflessness inhibits us running in faith. We are called to proclaim boldly the dawn of your kingdom but our shouts turn out to be mere whispers. Cleanse us of wickedness and fill us with meekness. Redeem us in Christ, in whose name we pray. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ, and Christ died for us. Christ rose for us, and Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Hear and believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are all forgiven. Let us pray. Living God, Help us to hear your holy word with open hearts so that we may truly understand an understanding that we may believe and believing that we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Confident of your love and care, we lift up to you the needs of your people, all who are sick and hurt, all who are grieving the loss of family and friends, that you will send your healing power to restore holiness to those who suffer that they will be comforted and filled with your peace, knowing that you are always near. May all who suffer be strengthened in their faith and troubled spirits calmed. May they see the blessings each new day and have hope in your promise of a new life to come. We pray for your protection for our police and firefighters and all first responders and for all active military and veterans. May they and their loved ones feel the comfort and love of the Holy Spirit and all who support and care for them and give thanks for their bravery and sacrifice. We pray for your church throughout the world that we may be faithful witnesses so that all may come to believe and have faith in the new life, that you will instill hope in all that have fallen into fear and despair over violence and war and the uncertainty of the times in which we live. We bring before you all our concerns and all that troubles us. We bring before you all those who remain this morning. We place them in your faithful hands, confident of your care and everlasting presence. We ask this in the name of your precious son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Our first scripture today comes from Psalm 125, verses 1 through 5. Those who trust the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround his people, from this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in our hearts. But those who turn aside... In their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with the evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of the Lord. 
second reading is James chapter 2 verses 1 through 17. Hear the word of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes, and say, have a seat here, please. While to the one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. 
What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what good, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. You know, John asked me a question when I was coming back from the, the children's message. And he says, well, Linda, what is faith? And my answer to him says, well, I was not the children's message. So it was not my right to answer that question. But I will answer that question. Faith, to me, is something that is unseen. It is something that you feel. It is something that I feel. It is something that can be shaken. It is something that can be built and, and be strong. It is something that um, sometimes because of things that happen in one's lives, it can be uh, questioned. But one of the things that I love about the scripture that Donna just read is the very last verse. It says, so faith by itself, if it has no works, it is dead. So I believe for every ounce of faith that you have, you have to share that and work. Do something about that. It says, if you see somebody who is hungry and you say, oh, just go get something good to eat somewhere. Yet you're not willing to help put food in front of that individual. Yet you have faith that they're going to find food somewhere. What does that say about us? There was a time when I was in Trenton, this was years ago, and there was a gentleman that was sitting outside of the post office. He was scruffy, a little scruffy looking. And he came up to me and he says, I'm hungry. And I remember, and he wanted money. Well, I wasn't about to give him money. But what I did do, I was like, well, you stay here. I'll be right back. There was a delicatessen about two stores over from the post office in Trenton. I went in there and I got him a sandwich. And I came back. And at least I knew that he had at least one meal that day. I had faith in myself that I was doing what God wanted me to do. I had faith in my heart that I was not supposed to give this gentleman money. I had faith in my heart that I was supposed to make sure he had something to sustain him, if nothing else, just for that afternoon. Not knowing if he would get another meal that day. Now, I don't know how many people gave him money. I don't know how many people gave him food like I did. But I knew in my heart, because of my faith, that I did what God called me to do in that moment. I believe that this congregation, that this congregation of the Presbyterian Church of Milford has a strong faith. When people are worried because of somebody who is in the hospital, like when Robert is sick, I believe Stacy had faith that her family here would be there for her. If she needed something, if she knew, if she needed somebody to make sure that the, the, the two girls were doing, needed something, needed to get somewhere, and Mark wasn't around, and Stacy was at the hospital with Robert, I know that she knew she had people she could call, and they would take care of that, and they would take care of her children while she was taking care of her son. That is faith, and I believe that that is faith. 
and the people that would help have that faith as well because now they're doing the work. They're doing what God is calling them to do. We installed and ordained elders and deacons last week. And they had faith when they said yes. They had no idea what they're in store for, but they had faith that God will guide them. They had faith that those that are already ordained and already on those boards will show them the way. They know that they're not in this alone. They have faith that God will be with them along the way. You heard the children talk this morning about how they hear God talking to them. And one of the things Sawyer said was, it's, it's not the crazy voices in your head, which I was very happy to hear that it wasn't the crazy voices in your head. But Sawyer knew that it was God talking to him, saying that this is what you are to do. This is how you are to feel. Know that I love you. And he knows that's God telling him that. When I was going for my call, you've heard me tell you this story a long time ago, so I won't do the whole story. But I remember the night before I was going to be uh, going before the Committee on Preparation for Ministry so I could be approved to receive a call. And I remember that my pastor bailed on me last minute, the night before. He said, oh, all of a sudden I can't go. And going in front of the Committee on Preparation for Ministry, if anybody has ever done it or been part of those committees in a presbytery, know that's a very scary committee to go before. They have the, the, the role, if you will, though they will deny it, but they do, of being gatekeepers. They want to make sure that any pastor coming through or coming into the presbytery or being ordained, that it really is a call and they're not doing it for selfish reasons. Personally, jumping through all the hoops that you have to jump through, trust me, there's nothing selfish about it. Donna can attest to that. But going in front of them by myself was a scary thing. And I remember walking around, I was down in Newtown at the time, walking around my neighborhood. And I heard God talking to me, just comforting me, saying, just relax. You've got this. I'll be there right with you. You don't need the other pastor there. I'm here with you. And I remember going to that meeting and saying exactly what I needed to say, preaching my sermon the way I needed to preach my sermon and everything else. And they accepted me so I could receive a call. And I was relieved. But I went into that meeting with confidence because I knew God. God was right there. I had that faith that God did not leave my side through that whole meeting. Now, faith is something that we can't really see. We can't touch it. It just is. It's kind of like the air that I talk about with the kids. It's like you know it's there. And they're doing this thing. Well, I can feel it. And she says, yes, but if you do this, you don't feel anything. But you know it's there. Why? Because we're still breathing. I'm still talking, so I'm obviously got a lot of wind in me. But it's that faith. It's what's in our hearts. Last week would have been very easy for Lisa to lose some of her faith, knowing that her niece was taken from us way too early, way too young. But I remember talking with Lisa last week, and her faith was stronger. She had questions, lots of questions that have no answers, the why did this happen type questions. But she knew 
that her niece was sitting at the right hand of God, sitting at that wonderful banquet table, looking down upon us, knowing and telling the family, I'm okay. And for that family to be together for each other. Her faith was stronger. John on the battlefield, his faith was strong. He knew God was with him in those foxholes. He knew it. It's not something that you can touch. It's not something you can see. It's not something that stays in here. It's something that just is. So my prayer for you is that you listen. You listen for God to tell you that I'm there. You listen to God to say, you're not alone. In those times of trials, trust that God is there and have faith that those around you will pick you up and lift you up whether you ask or not. And if you do ask, know that they will be there for you as well. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in your church family. Have faith in your friends. Have faith in humanity because we do do the work because, as it says, faith without works is dead. And believe me, we are alive and well. Amen. Amen.
share your faith with the stranger. Share your faith with the people outside these walls. And know that and have that faith that God is with you every step of the way and every moment of your life. And may the shalom of God, the love, compassion of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.